LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into Ask Me Anything for today, I want to tell you about a company named Belay. You know, no matter how many people that you have on staff at your church, whether there's a few or a lot, there's only so much that you can accomplish in a day, right? Your church exists to serve your community. So the mission of your church and its staff is to reach as many people as you can. That's why productivity is not just a, a business practice. It's essential. It's essential in, in being the best steward of your time that you can be and to use the most of your church's resources in being successful in the things God has called you to. Thankfully, our friends at Belay know this really well. Belay, an innovative staffing solution with over 10 years of experience serving churches, has successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. You, you thought, you know, I, I need somebody, but just not, not, not for the whole time. Well, they're your partner for this. That's why they're offering our listeners a free download of their resource, Church Leaders, Essential Strategies to Unleash Productivity. Let Belay help your church live its mission in your community by helping you juggle less and accomplish more. Just go to Belay, that's B-E-L-A-Y, solutions.com slash Lifeway for your free download. And now I hope you enjoy Ask Me Anything. Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I'm Matt Love. I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer. J.D., what does the J.D. stand for? Have, do our listeners know that? Jesus Disciple, naturally. <laughs> that was no. That was amazing. Yes, no. Uh, it's. Uh, oh, oh, I should say, like, my parents, before they were saved, were alcoholics and named me Jack Daniels, and then they changed it to Jesus Disciple, but the truth is, it's just James and David. James David. That's so much less interesting, <laughs> but uh, it's, good to, it's good to know JD, I'm glad we finally do have it on the record where your name came from. Uh, I just want the listeners to know you you missed out on a three minute laugh break that we had to cut out for the sake of time. Hey, we said ask me anything. So <laughs> ask me anything, we made it happen. So, all right, JD, we, we started this kind of last week talking, asking some questions about prayer. The question today is how do you set up your own prayer life? But kind of similarly to last week, you know, you mentioned there's oftentimes uh, a lot of questions or things Christians struggle with with prayer, but they're just not really articulating it. Do yeah, you, just do you, ask. Do you feel like most Christians have a good prayer time? And if not, why not? Well, personally, I can say and pastorally that that the, the one part of people's spiritual lives that they're usually the most embarrassed about is usually the prayer life. The theologian D.A. Carson, he always says, if you want to embarrass the average church planter or missionary— hmm. So think like, you know, the Navy SEALs of Christians. Ask them to tell you about their daily prayer time. Uh, there was some survey that came out that from one of the, the most effective seminaries in the country, the average amount of time that the graduates spent praying daily was less than six minutes. Hmm. And it's so no, the answer is it, it, it's people sometimes they struggle to know how to not let their mind wander in prayer. Like you start praying and then 25 minutes later, you're thinking about what you had for dinner last night and you can't remember how you got there mentally. Sometimes it's you don't really know what to pray for. Sometimes there's a theological roadblock in, in, in your thinking because you're like, well, it, you know, how does this relate to the sovereignty of God and, and what's the purpose of me praying and can I actually change things when I pray? So I think there's all kinds of reasons. Some of them are very practical. I just don't know what to do. I had a, a, a new believer the other day that just said, I just don't quite get the prayer thing. Like, like I'm read the Bible and then I just kind of stare at my Bible and I I just sort of you know sit in silence for a minute and he said I don't know what to do so sometimes it's just really practical that's good so 
to keep it practical, how, how do you set up your prayer time? Because I do think for a lot of people, it's trying to just figure out what should that rhythm or, or discipline look like. So how, how do you set your time up? Well, before I get to the practical, I, I'd actually be not serving people well to put all the emphasis on the practical because when the Apostle Paul says things like pray without ceasing, he's not so much talking about a discipline as he is an instinct. Um, when Jesus, when he spent these you know, all night in prayer, he was constantly talking with his father. That wasn't because he was the most disciplined person to ever live or had the best practical tips. It's because he he knew how essential the presence of God access through prayer was for his spiritual life and was for understanding what God wanted him to do. When Paul says pray without ceasing, think of it like pray like breathing. Hmm. Um, you know, breathing is instinctive to me. I've, I've been breathing the whole time we've been doing this this show. I have lots of accountability partners. None of them have contacted me today to say, J.D., are you, are you breathing? I want you to make sure you breathe today. Because breathing is instinctive to me. It's my body craves air. Well, prayerlessness is the result of having a soul that has been untrained by the gospel. Now, Jesus said, apart from me, you can't do anything. Uh, that verse doesn't mean that, because lots of people who are unsaved and don't know God at all are doing lots of things. What, what he meant was, apart from me, you can't do anything of eternal value. And so... The gospel teaches you how unable you are to do anything that has eternal value, whether that means parenting your children, loving your spouse, or sharing Christ with a friend. And so when the gospel teaches you how powerless your flesh is, you begin to crave God's help and his power in what you're doing, and that makes you instinctively want to pray. When you learn what the gospel teaches about your heavenly father and his willingness, how he's always looking at you with love, how he is goodness and every good gift comes from him and there's no shadow of turning, then then, then your heart longs to run to him and say, I'm powerless, but you're willing. So let's not say that prayer is primarily a practical problem, a discipline problem. I don't pray for the same reason I don't work out enough or eat enough alfalfa sprouts. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's primarily a, um, a problem that I haven't learned my own powerlessness and God's willingness. That's now, good. once you, once you get that, cause I, I feel like I, we had to say that and yeah, I, yeah, I make yeah, that yeah. point in the book, practically speaking, um, you know, where I am now, um, I, I do switch up my quiet time from time to time. I actually do a 15, 15, 15 kind of um, division to my prayer time, 15 yeah. minutes in the Bible. Um, that leads to 15 minutes in prayer um, and then 15 minutes where I'm trying to spend time in some devotional um, book uh, that is just taking me deeper into the knowledge of God. My prayer time and my uh, Bible reading time are joined because one kicks off the other. Yeah. Uh, we teach a method at the church of studying the Bible called the HEAR method. And HEAR stands for highlight, examine, apply, respond. Highlight just means I'm kind of noting what stands out in the scriptures as I read them, something that I just feel the Spirit of God stirring, a promise He's drawing me to. And then my prayer time is praying those things back to God. I start with the same chapter and I just go through and I pray, God, help me to um, not give in to this temptation. Help me to believe this promise. Help me to, to not do this. You know, you've, you've heard people talk about reading through the Bible. Um, the Bible is a book of more than 3,000 promises. So yes, read through the Bible, but also pray through the Bible. Yep. And so that every chapter you have have embraced every single one of the promises. Yeah, that's really good. You know, J.D., one of the things you, you have told our staff multiple times that's always been helpful for me is just the idea that when you, you would say, you want when our staff pray, just scripture to just come out without yep. even really like having to think about it. And I, I've definitely found for myself that my time in the word fuels and gives language yep. and gives like, it just, it, it, it pushes you to go pray because you want to respond to what you're seeing and what God is saying. Right, right. Word. Cause prayer is not just letting God know a bunch of stuff going, going on in your life that he didn't already know about. Mm -hmm. it, it's actually bringing the power and promises of God into those situations. 
So, you know, uh, Adrian Rogers used to say the prayers that start in heaven are the ones that are heard by heaven. And it's when you are able to pray back the promises of scripture that you are releasing the power of God on earth. So you've got prayer as responding to the word. Another thing that um, I will use from time to time and teach other people with is the acts method. Mm-hmm. Uh, across it just means adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Supplication is just a fancy word for request. Um, you start with, with adoring God for who he is and his character because that fuels your heart to, to ask him for the things. Um, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, which I'll talk about here in a, in a moment, the Lord's Prayer is about half of it is just adoring God and getting your heart aligned with his. Yeah. A lot of times we rush right to the request without without stopping to worship and and say, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in me. All right, so confession, um, you know, if I harbor iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Um, I need to keep short accounts with sin. So I, I always want to start my, my time with God thinking, is there any breach in our relationship, anything unconfessed that I'm still holding on? Because otherwise I'm just like, it's like I'm talking to a wall, God says. Uh, Thanksgiving, come into his presence with Thanksgiving, into his course of praise. So I want to remember the, the ways because that that also stokes my own faith, remembering where God's been faithful to me. And then you go into supplication, which leads me to one of the last things here, and that is the Lord's Prayer itself. You don't get a better model for prayer than the one that Jesus gave us. And the, my favorite way to think about this that's been helpful is um, I, the way Tim Keller explains it is the Lord's Prayer is given to us so that we can riff off of it. Riff like a, a jazz musician. A jazz musician has a melody line, but a good jazz musician plays around the melody. He doesn't lose the melody. Yeah. He just plays around it. That's good. And the Lord's Prayer is to be like that melody line, and we're supposed to personalize it. So sometimes I'll just work through phrase by phrase of the Lord's Prayer and think about places I can praise God, things that I need to confess, um, what the daily bread is for me in that day, whether it's help in parenting or help with an assignment or, or boldness to share Christ with a friend temptations that I know I'm struggling with that I'm asking God to, to deliver me from. So riffing on the Lord's prayer. Um, so those would be the, the, the practical things I would say to help people get started. Oh, one more, if I could just, yeah, yeah maybe put this in, just set time to start doing it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you hear like, Oh, Martin Luther prayed for four hours a day. And, <laughs> and you think that's what I'm going to do. And you get up and you, you start praying and you know, an hour later, you wake up in your bed. By the way, I named my bed the Word. So people say, what did you do? I say, I spent all day in the Word. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just start. Start with five minutes. Yeah. Maybe you even hear me saying 15 minutes. And you're like, I don't know if I could do this for 15 minutes. Just start with five and let that five grow to 10. Make sure it's a set time during the day. Maybe that 10 will grow to 20. Or maybe you'll say, and I even think this can be better, I'm going to do another 10 minutes at lunchtime. Yeah. And then I'm going to do 10 minutes right before I go to bed. A, a new habit that I've developed because I'm just realizing how much I'm craving more of being in the presence of God and how much I need his direction is, you know, right before I go to bed, spending 15 minutes to a half hour just kind of sitting with the Lord and opening his word and sometimes just sitting quietly and saying, God, what do you, what do you want? Prayer is not simply supposed to be communicating your needs to God as if he doesn't know them. It's also you're praying with the Holy Spirit. There's a a listening to prayer, a listening from his word, a listening to where the spirit of God is directing you that makes prayer as much of a conversation as it is a laundry list that you're giving to God. So so set times to to be with God, to commune with him, for him to communicate his will to you and for you to pray back his promises to him. That's really good. So, I mean, I, I definitely, I love that. Just regardless of where you're at, regardless of whether you're overwhelmed, just start with something and just ask. Just. Five, right. Just ask. <laughs> Five minutes, 21 days in a row. 
They say 21 days makes a habit. Yeah. And once you do it 21 days, it's harder to stop it than it was to start it. That's good. So say five minutes a day every morning for 21 days, then double it to 10, and then do 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. And a year from now, I guarantee you, you will be a different person when it comes to prayer. That's really good. Um, if you want to learn more about prayer, I mean, like I said, like we said earlier, Pastor JD just wrote a new book called Just Ask that covers this question, covers other questions, and, and some of just the big questions that I think a lot of Christians really either struggle with or have a hard time articulating. This is just going to be a really helpful book for anybody that wants to grow in their prayer life. Um, you can get more information. You can uh, buy that book right now at thegoodbook.com. I'm sure on Amazon and anywhere else that you can buy books that you prefer to buy books. Yeah. It's all there. And uh, then, By the way, I'll tease you with this. That question you just asked? Yeah. What I gave was in the conclusion. Um, the publisher said, write 10 practical points for prayer. Oh, nice. I wrote it, and he was like, I think people will only read that page in the book. <laughs> they might <laughs> skip the rest and just go right there. So I think there's some practical stuff that you can. That's great. Come on. Um, and then if you want another podcast to listen to, you're done with this one, and you're like, man, I'm looking for something else, check out the One Thing podcast. Um, it's part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network family, and they've talked about how to have good staff meetings, measuring what matters, launching small groups, all kinds of helpful stuff like that. Just look up The One Thing on your favorite podcasting app. Subscribe today, and we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.